Welcome to Out With Dan, the podcast that spotlights and examines the voices of LGBTQ authors, characters, and our allies. Together, we lift our voices and we tell our stories. I'm Dan White. Join me as I chat with this week's author. Hello, and welcome back to Out With Dan. Today, I'm excited to talk to Sydney Carger about his book, Best Men. What a wonderful book. Welcome, Sydney. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Oh, me too. So I love love stories. And this is a love story on so many different levels. It's a, definitely a love story between friends, best of friends. Give us an idea who Paige and Max are. Yeah, so Max is uh, sort of about to turn 35. He's a gay guy living in New York City. And he's been there for a few years and he's kind of like a hopeless romantic. Um, and so he is, he's the kind of guy who kind of wants to have the coveted paragraph in the New York Times uh, <laughs> wedding announcement section, you know, announcing his engagement. So he's really kind of like secretly a romantic. And so one day Paige announces, that's his childhood best friend, announces that she's getting married. And so he quietly spins out of control because he thought, you know, he was going to be the one to get married in the friendship. And now he doesn't know like who he is or what he wants to do in life. Um, and so she asks him to be a man of honor in her wedding party. And so then he meets um, Chasen, who's the uh, best man of the groom. And he's also a gay guy. He's, uh, you know, incredibly charming and handsome and social and everything Max is not. And so Max and Chasen are like these polar opposites uh, on the gay, in the gay world, kind of. And, you know, Max is Midwestern and introverted and he does not care for Madonna. Um, <laughs> he, he hates the word brunch. And, uh, you know, Chasen is just like super social, has a lot of friends, very outgoing. He's East Coaster. Um, and he, you know, he's really into fashion and he, he likes Taylor Swift and all the music that Max does not like. And so it's sort of a, they really can't stand each other and they don't understand each other. And then um, just getting back to the friendship, it's sort of Max, for the sake of the wedding of his best friend's wedding, he learns to tolerate Jason and they kind of uh, eventually a romance sort of sparks and blooms comically from there. <laughs> I love it. And one of the things that I really liked about Max is not all of us who are gay get the gay gene. I don't, I can't cut hair worth a damn. I'm not good at flower arrangement. Some people are, and I love that. But I love the fact that you've given us a Max who is capable of a lot of things, which we'll get to some of those, but he is not what you would call the stereotypical person to be a wedding planner in this situation. So where, where do you fall on the spectrum? Well, I, yeah, I mean, that was the fun part is like, I wanted to have, I feel like historically we've seen gay characters and stories that are, you know, they're, they're tortured or they're coming out, it's a coming out story or their family sort of is not okay with it and they have to deal with that or they're a serial killer. Um, <laughs> so I wanted to have these two characters that hopefully you haven't necessarily seen or read in a story mm -hmm. before. Um, so yeah, it's sort of like there's, you know, 
there are 50 shades of gay, right? And so like, <laughs> I wanted to sort of explore like, what are the, the nuanced gay um, things that these guys go through? So like, for instance, Max, you know, he's not, he doesn't do all these things that you're saying, he's sort of a bad gay. Um, and I have like over the course of his journey, he becomes a little more multidimensional and maybe realizes, oh, like, you know, he could be good at certain things he thought he wasn't. And then Jason on the other end of the spectrum is sort of stereotypical in a way. It's like what you would expect. He goes to the gym every day and um, just pre pre presents as like a perfectly stereotypical cliche in a way, gay guy, which is fine. But I wanted to have, the, over the course of his journey, we learn a little more about him and he becomes multidimensional. So I don't know where I am in that. Like I, <laughs> I feel like maybe I'm a little of both and there's certain qualities of both that I identify in, with Max's taste in music. I also identify with Jason's taste in music. Um, so I... I zig where, where are the people back? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and I also just kind of wanted to explore, like, how do you shatter those stereotypes? If Max is the bad gay, how do I shatter that? If Mac, if Jason is the one you'd expect, what's sort of the unexpected in the end for him? Well, and I think that's one of the things that really worked so well for me in reading this is the fact that I think a lot of, I think every human being has a bunch of qualities. We don't all fit in a box. And I think gay people are especially, I agree with you when we're represented, usually it's either tortured or we're the funny best friend. But there, Max has something about him that's so unique and so fun that I enjoyed reading about. His little, how to say, his little relationship with Stella is cute. They leave each other notes and stuff. And it's it's that type of humanity that we see in Max that I found to be so fun to read about, you know? And so tell us about some of the notes he would leave Stella. Uh, they kind of pretend that they're like an old married couple or, you know, they have a, a young toddler or baby at home, like, uh, you know, I'll pick up the diapers today or, you know, I'm taking uh, Josh to karate, see you at dinner. <laughs> so they have this like, old, you know, older couple vibe and they're just, they're just buddies at work, which is sort of a fun dynamic I've definitely experienced uh, in my time in the workplace. And uh, <laughs> that's the thing too, is like, you know, Max kind of sees himself and other people see him as a little bit of the gay best friend. And so it's fun to explore how does, like, the gay best friend who like maybe his best friend he's known forever sees him that way and other people too. How does he, what's the journey for him when he meets Chasen and how does he kind of use that romance to become less of the sidekick and more of the sort of main character and leading man in his own life. So I wanted to see that gay, that's also sort of the germ of where the whole book idea came from. Um, just seeing where how the sort of gay best friend comes out from under that and becomes the leading man. And that's a that too is a lovely thing. And one of the things, you know, when you do have a best friend who is straight and you're gay, so in this instance, Paige and Max are best friends, and you do take on roles. And I thought their roles were very natural. I would find that would be maybe a typical thing, but also Max, he's sort of a secret romantic. He's a romantic, but 
not in the way you would say, you know, he's got little hard eyes everywhere he goes, but he does things with Paige, with Stella, eventually with Chasen that are very romantic. And you see that blossom in him and you see him come into his own with that. Yeah, for sure. And he kind of, you know, that also goes against the grain of kind of what you would expect, like an urban New York, you know, single-ish gay guy being the romantic. And I, I don't think, you know, we kind of have, I think we know people who are, are a little more serial daters as in your 20s and 30s as a gay guy. And I think, you know, to see this guy who's gay and kind of going against the grain is, I thought that was fun to just have that character who is the hopeless romantic, which not every gay guy I think we know is. <laughs> I And I agree with you on that. And it's also nice that, you framed Max in, we don't feel sorry for him being a romantic. We cheer for him, which is yeah. uh, which I think is important. So yeah. I loved the description about Fire Island. It reminds me so much of Palm Springs because it's like, you know, when did you get here? How long are you going to be? So is Fire Island a destination for you? It has been in the past, yeah. I've been living in New York for some many years and when I first came to New York I started going there sort of regularly and I did the the summer shares with friends where we rent a house and so I kind of did my research for the book <laughs> many years of that and, and then, um and then like suddenly we my friend sort of core group of friends and I we all kind of coupled off and then we were bringing our partners to there and now it's sort of I don't go there as much I have um you know, more of a life in the city, but I'll every like once a summer we'll go there, which is enough. I think I did my time. <laughs> yeah, I I lived in Miami for a long time, so I I certainly did the beach, and now I I go to the beach, but I don't lay on the beach anymore. You know, you I've done that already. So yeah, and it's fun. Like you know, it was so it still is a magical place. I love it there. But when you're in your 20s and you discover it for the first time and you only have heard about it, I, I'm from uh, the Midwest. I grew up in the suburbs of Chicago, like Max. Um, so to me, it was, and it still is this just magical, unique place on the beach. I mean, there's nothing like it. And um, so I kind of wanted to explore those emotions. And, you know, it, the characters are not um, based on me or people I know, but it's sort of the amalgamation of all those experiences. And it's almost like being an actor in a way where you're using that emotion putting it on a character who has different thoughts and responses than you do. Um, but I wanted to capture that like sort of summer magic-y feeling of, of Fire Island and, and a Palm Springs or, you know, Laguna or Precisely. wherever it is. Precisely. I loved that. And I also really liked the fact that Paige wasn't an alpha bridezilla. Yeah. She was a little indecisive. And I thought that that worked really well. Did you, was writing her indecisive was that fun to do, challenging, or? I loved it. I, I have a little indecisiveness in me and others I'm friends with. Um, and a lot of the women I've been friends with, childhood friends, friends, you know, adult friends that I became with, uh, friends with over the years as women friends, they have a little of that sort of like cool girl, rocker, chick thing going on. So, um, you know, a lot of it is like I plucked from you know, this person, or I heard about this person, or, you know, I imagine what this person would have been like in this situation. 
Um, so that was super fun to write. I didn't want her to be, yeah, like freaking out about the wedding, even though she, her arc kind of slowly, she becomes a little more invested in what she's about to do. And, and for all of them, it's really, you know, it's kind of like a coming of age for adults. And so it's like when you're about to turn 35, it's, it's that feeling of like, I'm shedding, you know, college and childhood, and now I have to learn how to adult. <laughs> I wanted her to sort of like, maybe, you know, in the end, she's not so indecisive. And in the end, Max becomes the lead character in his own story. And so they all kind of have to learn how to shed those, those sort of adolescent juvenile things that we all kind of, all those milestones we kind of go through. <laughs> I love it. And a, a quirky little thing for me, I was so thrilled that Max's mother put salt on her French fries because <laughs> I'm like, you know, in this world we live in as we age, I rarely have salt anymore. And I'm like, good for you. I love that. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's cool. the Midwestern mom coming into town and like, doing those things you probably cringe at, but you, know, you probably did it too when you were a kid and watched her do it and you got to love her for still doing it. <laughs> Precisely. And I, I do like the Jason picking on Max uh, about being Marge or from Fargo and stuff. I thought that was so well done. It was so cute. Oh, thank you. Thanks. Yeah. So, um, you're out uh, in May. Is it May 2nd? Is that right? May 2nd, it will be published, and it can't Fantastic. get here soon enough. Yeah. Fantastic. It is such a wonderful read. Do you have social media or a website you'd like to share? Yeah, so my website is just sidcarger.com. Um, I'm on Twitter at Sid Carger, which not as much. I used to kind of practice. It was more of like a practicing writing joke style, and over the past, like, four or five years, I'm not as active anymore. <laughs> um, more, more about promoting the book. And then um, Instagram, I'm a little more active on. And that's just, uh, you could search Sid or Sydney, and it's uh, at Sid KNY. Um, and Facebook, not TikTok. There you go. I love it. Again, wow. the book is Best Men, and it's by Sydney Carger, and it's out on May 2nd. Pre-order it now. Yes. <laughs> and thank you for joining me. I had such a great chat. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Hang on for me just a second. Okay. Thank you for joining me for this week's episode of Out with Dan. You can find more information about this podcast and its host at outwithdan.com, on Twitter at outwithdan, and on Instagram and Facebook at gooutwithdan. This podcast is hosted by Authors on the Air Global Radio Network, and the theme music is provided by bensound.com. Join us again soon for the next episode of Out with Dan.